It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Is Mike Trout still the greatest of all time? Will the Angels show hey the money? See what I did there? And Albert Pujols hit his 700th home run. He's just two behind me. And so there's a lot to get into, so let's get into it. You're Locked On with Mike and John, and this is Locked On Angels. You are Locked On Angels, your daily Los Angeles Angels podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And John and I thank you for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. Of course, we're free and available wherever you get your podcast. And you can give us a rate and a review. It helps others to find the pod. And we appreciate five stars. And you can do that on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And if you're watching on YouTube, you can subscribe and click the bell to be notified every time a new episode drops. We are so glad you decided to join us for this edition of Locked On Angels, where it's your team every day. You've got the Frisch Brothers, a.k.a. the Super Halo Bros, here with you. My name is John, and that's my brother Mike. And my name is Mike, and that's my brother John. We've been fans of the Angels for years and years and years, and we love this team, and we love doing Lockdown Angels and bringing you daily coverage of your favorite baseball team. And if they're still your favorite baseball team, we appreciate you because you've stuck around through all of this difficulty this season. (laughs) And we have a lot to celebrate, even though it might not seem like it. We do have a lot to talk about. And in the very first segment, we have something to celebrate. But before we get into that, breaking news, Michael. (laughs) Do you like that? I like that. ABC7, Eyewitness News. Yeah, yeah. Uh, We we had the news break last night that Logan O'Hoppy has been moved up from AA Trash Pandas to AAA Salt Lake Bees for the last two games of the season. Love Mike, it. he's a catcher prospect Love it. that we're all very excited about. A big contrib- uh, contribution to the Trash Pandas this season. And man, he is the catcher of the future. Yeah. So it looks like they want to get a look at him, get him a couple more reps in at the AAA level because he could be somebody who starts the season with us next year, which I think that we would all really love to see that. Oh, heck yeah. And so, Johnny, here we go. This is uh, right off the top of your head. Don't think about it. Just fire away. Is he on the roster once the season starts? Is, is it him and Max Stassi? Go. Yes. Okay. Yes, 100%. Good. He's there. Good. Yep. I agree. I agree 100% because I think that he has earned the right with the way that he has played in double-A, and I think he's ready to go. Double-A usually, for the Angels, seems to be where players do really well. It's an indication that they're going to do really well in the major leagues. And speaking of somebody who did really great in double-A and then Mm -hmm. was immediately called up, this guy named Mike Trout that plays for us, (laughs) the greatest of all time. Uh, We we are, of course, huge Mike Trout fans, and Locked Off Angel fans are huge fans of of Mike Trout and what an interesting season he has had Johnny he was yes. injured and he was gone for about a month and then we were told via the news that Mike Trout has a career threatening injury and then it was your chiropractor that said no nah, man he's going to be fine right like and so maybe we need to have Mike Frosted and your chiropractor switch roles unless he's a really right. good chiropractor because I know that you appreciate what he works out in your back so yeah um, yeah I would hate to lose him right (laughs) but I mean since he's come off the IL John he's he's hit 12 home runs he's got 37 and the season's not over yet we still have a few games left so he could get to 40 and he's he's hitting home runs at a rate that he has never done before and he's Mm -hmm. raised his batting average he's raised his OPS Johnny is Mike Trout 
Still the greatest player in the game today. I mean, if if you take away what Shohei is doing on both sides of the ball, hitting and pitching, I think Mike Trout is still the best player in the game today. Wait, 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 wait. So you're you're telling me <laughs> that you are considering that what Shohei is doing on the mound and at the plate, you have to like take in both of those things, no matter what oh, somebody yes. does offensively. Is that what you're telling me, John? <laughs> That's what I'm telling you. Okay, it doesn't just matter how impressive just somebody clarifying is. Clarifying in case bat. John Heyman is listening. All right, go ahead. Right. <laughs> if you want consistency, it's Mike Trout. Yeah. And I know he was hurt this season. I know he was hurt last season. But the problem is, is that when he's here, he's somebody you can totally count on. And I know he slumped during the summer, but that was before his trip to the IL. But it had everything to do with the fact that his back wasn't right. Right. And all by all indications, he's fine. The problem is, is that it blew up so much. It was career-threatening back problems. Oh, no. And, and, and most people were like, no, he just needs to take like an Advil. He just needs to stretch a little more. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I don't understand how this got so out of hand. And look what he's done since he's come back. Unreal. I mean, good grief. He is second in the American League, I think currently tied as of this recording, with Jordan Alvarez. Right. And he, they're both behind Aaron Judge in, in the American League in terms of home runs and how many they've hit. But with Mike Trout, you just see that he struggled, which was like the first the the first and worst time in his career that he struggled yeah. as long as he did and as prolonged as he did. I, I did a graphic last year of Mike Trout's best stretch and his worst stretch, and they were both in 2015, and they were back-to-back, which yeah, is really I remember funny. that. Yep. Now, this has supplanted that as his worst stretch, but it had everything to do with the back injury, and players are going to get hurt. He's a little older. He's 31, and, you know, your back doesn't work as well as it used to when you were 21, right. like he was when he came up. And and all of that to say, it's just crazy how he's come back, and he's reminded everybody who he is, and it really just goes to show what could have been. Yeah. What could have been with these, with these Angels and their offense. We know offense was the biggest problem this season, especially after that losing streak. Then they just went, the bats went cold. Everybody was hurt. So I, I think that your joke about Mike Frostad needs to have some, some credence because huh. if Trout was hurt and going through this back issue, Jared Walsh, who's struggled mightily this season and was diagnosed with the thoracic outlet syndrome in his shoulder, I think that we need to examine some of the medical staff they're definitely better than they used to be. Remember, we would get Tommy John like we would get a pimple. Our pitchers would get <laughs> yes. Tommy John all the time and need to get Tommy John surgery yeah. because you'd have a, a elbow problem or a, or a strain, and you're like, oh, crap, I know what elbow strain means. Yeah, for the Angels, yeah. And so that's, that's improved for the Angels. However, with these guys struggling as much as they have, even like Max Stassi, I got to wonder if he's hurt. Yeah. I got to wonder that. Yep. But with Mike Trout, he's a gamer, and he tried to play through – the back stuff. You saw the writing on the wall. It was like, hey man, you got to take some time off. You got to get better. And he he did that and he got better. So this is why he has 37 home runs. That's why he has raised his batting average in OPS. I mean, the guy still mashes. He's still a monster. He, he crushed that home run in Minnesota the other day. Like, good grief, man. I love me some Mike Trout. And I don't think that his career, while it might not match the first 10 years, I don't think that we have to worry about the next 10 years for sure. But what are your thoughts? You know, I agree with you. And the good news is that he struggled because he was hurt. 
and he didn't mm-hmm. struggle because he's slowing down. And that's that's right. actually really exciting because I think that the trout that we've seen this season is going to be the trout that we're going to get we're going to get over the next few years. And there is going to be yeah. some drop off because he is getting older, right? But I think that we're going to see a consistency all the way through his career because he's proven that. Mm-hmm. Think David Ortiz, think Edgar Martinez, think those types of players. They were great until they retired, which you look at their their numbers and you're like, "Why'd you retire?" Because you're still you're still looking fantastic. <laughs> Even Derek Jeter, yeah. "Why'd you retire? You're yeah. still looking fantastic." I I think the thing that with we need to really, I guess, come to accept is that Trout mm-hmm. is not going to be 155 games to 160 games a year ever again. Sure. And so sure. we have to get used to that. And I know that there's been some chatter about what Otani's doing and how he's playing every day and Trout is not playing every day. And I, and I get that. But I think that if we're going to have peak Mike Trout, prime Mike Trout, then we're going to have to make sure that we have enough days where he rests. I just think that they have to be really strategic about that because it really felt like mm-hmm. his rest days, especially when Joe Madden was managing the team, felt like his rest days came every time Otani was pitching. And Otani's, know, that was yeah, Otani's having to go up against Garrett Cole and Justin Verlander, and you know it's going to be a close game. And Otani had a, a starting lineup of like – me and you and and I mean it was just like <laughs> and Jack Mayfield and Jack Mayfield right <laughs> Rob Quinlan you know made an appearance right. but I mean it was it was those types of players and it, you know that we're not going to score any runs and so I think they got to keep him healthy maybe 130 135 games sounds reasonable I think for mm. Trout and then when Otani isn't actually in the lineup you can have Trout DH it'll be interesting to see what happens in the future if they try to move him to a different position but I think that the way that he is navigating the field this year, ironically, uh, an area where we thought maybe he needed to sit down or maybe move to left mm-hmm. field, he's actually done a really great job. His throwing arm doesn't seem as accurate or as strong, but his routes and and his glove, he's he's still prime Mike Trout. And so I, I, I'm in a, I, I'm in agreement with you. I think that it was simply because his injury that made him struggle. And so that's the good news about Trout, and, yeah. and it's the good news about the future of Mike Trout on the Angels. I think when you miss the time that Mike Trout has missed, then of course that arm is not going to be as accurate, as strong as it used to be because he was in there every day making plays from center field all the time. And so it makes sense that that probably would be the first part of his game to decline, which all the more offers a reason to put him in a corner outfield spot, probably left field. And then you bring in somebody to play center field and get Mike Trout to not cover as much ground. But obviously he's going to be the one to decide how much he wants to play center field and whether he's ready to move to a corner outfield spot. Well, coming up on Locked On Angels, Albert Pujols hit his 700th career home run this last week. And then he said something really interesting about the Angels without actually mentioning the Angels. And John and I have some thoughts, but Johnny has some good thoughts, so hang on for that. But first, Locked On Angels is brought to you by Bet Online. They're your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. You can find all the latest football league developments, great game matchups and news, and even podcasts at Bet Online. And they're your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, e 
esports, and scores. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite sports is at Bet Online, and it includes events like baseball and MMA and boxing and golf. So you can head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions. Bet Online, where the game starts. We want to thank you for making Lockdown Angels your first listen of the day. And before we continue, Mike, our survey grading the 2022 Angels roster has had a lot of responses, and we want you to get into the survey as well. So if you check out the episode description, you'll find a link to the Google form that you can fill out, give a grade to each player, one through five, and then share three words or less on how you would describe their season. It's been great seeing your comments and your grades so far. We're going to share those once the offseason arrives, and we're really looking forward to that. Johnny, many believe that uh, Shohei Otani should be baseball's highest paid player. And if you don't believe that, then I think you're probably not paying attention this season, (laughs) right? Yeah. And, And so based on some of the previous precedents that have been set, There's an argument out there right now that he may not be able to get the highest paid player title in arbitration, and here's why. Because Mookie Betts, he got Mm. a record arbitration deal, $27 million in Mm. 2020, but it was only $7 million over what he made the previous year. Now, the biggest raise that somebody has received was $9.6 million from Mm. year to year in arbitration, and that was... Jacob Degrom. Oh wow! So many many executives believe that Otani's range, his raise range, might be in the ten million, maybe fifteen million dollar range. Okay, but that would only put him at like twenty million dollars next year if he doesn't sign a long term deal. Yeah, and we know that he brings in. $20 million in advertising alone, <laughs> right, right? Right. And so we know that this guy is really worth a lot, and he fits into that fifth-year ARB guy. And so for comparison, here's some of the numbers that some big names have received in that fifth year. Chris Bryant mm-hmm. got nearly $20 million. He got 18.6 as a fifth-year player. And then Jake Arrieta got a little over $15 million, 15.5 wow. in his fifth year of arbitration. And I read an article about Otani, and they said, well, he deserves that pay combined, $34.1 million. But even then, he's still underpaid because that number that's been thrown out there is that $50 million number for Shohei Otani. And so the question is, the way that arbitration has really added up over the last few years and really in baseball history since they started it is a lot of people don't believe that he's going to get that huge number unless they break a bunch of records. But wouldn't it be like Shohei Otani to be a unicorn in arbitration as well, right? right? And so the question that you and I want to wrestle with, and, and I'll let you tackle it first, is should the Angels let Otani go to arbitration or should they sign him to a long-term deal right now? That's interesting to me because... Obviously, Angel fans and all of us want to see the Angels sign him to a long-term deal to get the deal done so he is secure for the next season and the season after that. Obviously, you have to factor in the fact that there's going to be new ownership and the value of the team only goes up if you know that you have Shohei Otani in the plans in the long term. So that's going to be a benefit to Artie Marino's ownership group and him and who they want to sell to because that is a huge part of the appeal of the Angels is having Shohei Otani 
on your team and the and the amount of money that he brings in alone. When it comes to arbitration, it puts both people in a very difficult situation where, and this is for those who might not know, but when you go to arbitration, the player and the agent of the player argue how much they're worth and how much they should be owed. And then yeah. the team has to argue back and say, well, we think it's more like around this range. And the annoying part is that the team kind of has to give reasons for why they don't think the player is worth as much as they want. And what the, would the angels say? <laughs> exactly. Because right. you've got two, uh, you've got an MVP season in 21. You've got essentially an MVP season while it's not official yet in 2022. And even if Aaron judge does get the MVP, this was an MVP season, right? Sure. Like, and then that's there's not, that Cy Young conversation as well. So let's just also throw the Cy that Young in there, right? Yeah. 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 So, uh, whatever Otani argues for, the Angels are not going to have much room to argue against. And I think that's what's going to make this arbitration case so interesting. However, when it comes to arbitration, I can understand that the pay raise is relative to what the player was making previously. And by all accounts, when Shohei got the $5 million contract for the two years when he was in arbitration, Last time, he was a $5 million player at that point. Yes, now, right. Now, obviously, he brought more value than that because he pitched and hit. But when, when Shohei last time went to arbitration, he wasn't making or he wasn't doing what he's doing now. He was able to pitch. He was able to hit. But he's coming off two seasons of not pitching. Uh, he didn't pitch in 2019. And then 2020, they gave him two starts. It just wasn't working. So they let him hit. He had his worst average he's ever had in his angel tenure uh, batting average in 2020. I think that if he gets that Chris Bryant money, that 18.6 million or even the 20 million, I think that that would make the most sense. Let him make $20 million next season because honestly, the, the contract is where you secure the bag and the contract negotiations are where you get the annual value that you want as a player. Plus, Otani's going to want to see what he can get on the market, I believe, unless the Angels are able to sign him. So number one, the Angels need to sign him for the long-term extension, get all this arbitration stuff out of the way. But number two, I think that ultimately it's up to Otani and how much he wants to to take in a long-term contract. But what do you think? I think I'm going to go the reasonable route here, logical route. I think that the Angels are going to negotiate a long-term deal, but Hmm. my gut tells me that there's going to be an arbitration discussion. And I think it should be, if Perry is a wise man, I think it Hmm. should be the shortest arbitration discussion in the entire universe. (laughs) I think they should go, Shohei, what do you want? (laughs) And let Shohei throw that out, quite honestly. And I think that they let him run with that contract this season. And I think that he would probably get 30 to $35 million in arbitration. I think he will break the record. Wow. And I think that that's what he's going to get. That's better than $50 million, But I think the reason why they're going in that direction is because there's that question mark over the ownership, which is why the ownership yeah. and that that decision has to move a whole lot faster than it feels like it's moving right now. We haven't heard anything, but that's typical angels. They don't necessarily give us the information unless they do something stupid and the media finds (laughs) out, right? We don't get upfront information about anything. And, and so we don't know what's happening there. 
So my my hope is is that there's been some progress and they've had some conversations and Stan Kroenke is getting ready to sign the contract and then they're going <laughs> to announce it, right? Or whoever it might be, Lacob or or the the group, ownership group from Japan, but somebody mm-hmm. that's going to come in and actually pay the man and put a great team on the field. But right. what I'm what I'm looking at right now with all of the cards that I have in front of me, it's not all of the cards, but it's the cards that we can see. I see mm-hmm. Shohei Otani signing a ARB deal about 30 to $35 million. That doesn't mean it won't be higher than that, but I could see that being the conversation with a discussion about, hey, we want to lock you in to a long-term deal. Shohei's a unique unicorn, right? Like he's very mm-hmm. different. And so I could even see him really being a gentleman and respectful in these conversations and mm. perhaps not wanting to bankrupt the angels and working <laughs> out something that would actually be appropriate for the halos, but also really good for him. And so getting to the free agency that is in front of him, I just don't see people throwing money at him and Shohei running to that. That doesn't seem to be the man that we've watched over the last few sure, years, sure. and it doesn't seem to be in his character. Now, I know that money talks, and so that might change, but I can't see him running to the one who's going to lay down money. And if the Angels are wise, and they do an arbitration deal, they're not going to let him get to free agency without giving him some sort of, here's what we want to do, here's the money and the years behind it, or Mm -hmm. then I think they have to trade him at the trade deadline next season. Going back to your point about giving him whatever he wants, if you have any hope of signing him to a long-term extension, then I think this arbitration meeting has to go so well. It has to be, like you said, whatever you want, Shohei. Hi, Here's a contract. Here's a a check. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I really think that's how it's got to go because if you want to have any hope for having him in the future and signing a long-term deal, then you really have to play in Shohei's world. And aren't we all just living in Shohei's world? We are. That's that's where we are now. Shohei's former teammate, Albert Pujols, hit his 700th home run last week. What a revitalization for this guy this (laughs) season, right? Like, the Cardinals have used him so perfectly. And and I didn't think that he would get to this number because it was, I think he has 21 home runs as of this recording. I didn't think he'd get to that many home runs, but he did. And it's really been cool to watch and people celebrate him and well-deserved, like outside of some of the things we'll talk about in just a minute. It is is well-deserved. And so the the questions we're wrestling with now is, is how much are we celebrating this? Because I don't Hmm. know if you saw this or if Locked On Angel listeners saw this, but Shohei did a press conference. And he was talking about Albert, how not Shohei. I'm sorry, Albert. <laughs> I still have Shohei on the mind. I know, don't we all? Yeah, yeah. Albert, Shohei's former yes. teammate, uh, yes. was doing a, a press conference, and and he said that he was glad to hit the 700th home run in LA at Dodger Stadium, where quote his love for baseball was rejuvenated. Hmm. Now, Johnny, is that a shot at the Angels? Or is that deserved? Is that comment deserved? Give me give me your thoughts on Albert Pujols and his comment and getting to 700 home runs. Tell me what you're thinking, John. <sighs> Weren't we all miserable? <laughs> Weren't we all miserable yeah. at the end of Albert's tenure? I mean, look, I get that it could probably pass as a comment for 
you know, it, he's alluding to the angels and whatnot. And I know a lot of people have taken that and ran with it. But look, Albert was miserable. We were miserable. Albert was not in the best shape. He wasn't healthy. He wasn't going to be the guy counted on at first base every day. He lost his status. People were passing him by. Mike Trout, Shohei Otani, Jared Walsh at first base. Albert was getting passed by. And to me, like, we were all miserable. Yep. And for him to find joy again in the game, I think it's fantastic. He he got to go to the Dodgers. They platooned him. They used him well. They used him against uh, lefties, and he hit lefties well. But he wasn't in there every day. He was he was you know pinch hit. He was a pinch hitter, and he ended up with something like twelve or seventeen home runs last season, which was great for Albert. But at the end of the day, we were all miserable, and 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 so for him to be miserable and find the joy with the Dodgers, he can he can be a good teammate. He can hug people. People can call him Tio, like all of that stuff. And I'm sure it did bring him a lot of joy because at the end of that tenure, he was miserable. The Angel fans were miserable. We were frustrated with him and how much his contract cost our halos. And we did it to ourselves, yep. honestly. Like yep. We gave him the contract. We knew that he would not be great at the end of the 10 years. And that's the kind of... People sign that deal all the time. However, he did not live up to the expectations of his first 10 years in St. Louis. Right. You and I talked about Mike Trout. Mike Trout's back end of his career, the 10 years that he has left, is going to look much different than than Albert's did. Oh, agree. Like you yeah. said, he's going to be like he's going to be like Ortiz. He's going to be like Martinez, right? He's going to be like those guys who had a great end of con- uh, career and back end of their contract. The thing that gets me about Albert and why if it is a shot at the Angels, it's frustrating. And I think we all know this as Halo fans. There was a cognitive dissonance, Mike, uh between Ding. what Albert <laughs> thought he was <laughs> What Albert thought he was and who he actually is. Yes. He wanted to be the everyday player at first base. And Perry Manassian identified Jared Walsh and said, no, Walsh has got to be our guy. Because they played about a month and a half of the season with Pujols at first base, splitting time with Walsh. They eventually moved Walsh to the outfield and right field for a little while. And it was like, "Mm, this is not where he needs to be. He needs to be at first. And I think what's frustrating for Angel fans, and I think I can speak on behalf of Angel fans, is that Albert went to the Dodgers and did the exact thing that we wanted him to do on the Angels. Right. He went to St. Louis this season, did the exact thing that we wanted him to do on the Angels. Correct. And hindsight's twenty twenty. If we had platooned Jared Walsh and Albert Pujols against righties and lefties, if, if, if Jared's out there against righties and Albert's out there against lefties, first base would be a great position for us. Right, now, yeah. with hindsight, we know that Jared Walsh struggled against lefties, and that's fine. He's a lefty bat. And we might have some platoon options come 2023. But I think the frustrating part is Albert didn't want to do it with us. He was okay with doing it with the Dodgers. And now he's back with St. Louis and obviously having a great season for being a bench player, pinch hitter, that sort of thing. Let me say one more thing. Okay. And then I want to get your thoughts. As an Angel fan who has seen Mike Trout since day one and as a baseball fan, I would be if it if, if, for me, Mike Trout is my Albert Pujols in the sense that people who watch Pujols through his first ten years, especially St. Louis fans who watched him in his first ten years and saw everything that he did and have developed a love for him, 
I would feel the exact same way about Mike Trout. If Mike Trout somehow went to another team and came back to the Angels in the last year of his career, I would be all about that. I would take him back with open arms, no matter how bad he was. And like I mentioned before, Mike Trout, I don't think will be as bad as Albert Pujols. When, when Albert got here, he had the plantar fasciitis issues. All of that started affecting his running. He became the slowest player to run the bases in the league, and he just was never the same. But to be fair, Albert pretty much had 30 home run seasons almost every year. Maybe not on the back end of his contract, but he was still producing. 100 RBIs, 30 home runs, not not Albert Pujols 2001 to 11 levels, but a decent player. Now, I understand he was very replacement level at the end of his contract. All of that to say, I get what he's saying that the love of the game came back for him with the Dodgers because it's true. He was miserable in the Angels. We were miserable with him in the Angels, and the roles just didn't line up. He didn't want to take the role that he that we think would have been best for him, and he found that role with the Dodgers. And funny enough, he got happy. And yeah. something tells me he could have been happy with the Angels, too, if he had just given it a shot in Anaheim. But you talk. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I think what Albert didn't do is what Tory Hunter did. Tory mm. Hunter fell in love with the Angels and the Angel mm. fans. Tory Hunter fell in love with his teammates. Tory Hunter did everything that he could to make sure that he was producing and that he was actually helpful to this team and he was willing to move when trout came up because Mm -hmm. he saw who mike trout was and that's what we didn't get with Mm. albert pujols that's Mm -hmm. what we didn't get when he was really starting to break down we Mm -hmm. were spoiled the first 10 years before albert got there when albert was exploding in st louis because we had vladimir guerrero and then we had tory hunter And both Mm -hmm. of those guys were gamers, great teammates, and they understood when they actually weren't great that they needed to pivot, they needed to grow, they needed to do something, right? Albert, along the way, just didn't do that. Albert Mm. thought that he was Albert Pujols, no matter what, and I think what is frustrating is we see him with the Dodgers, and we see him with the Cardinals, and he did adjust, to your point. And so... That's the thing that I would say as an Angel fan that I was really disappointed in. My expectations for Albert weren't that he was going to be what he was previous. I expected him to produce and perform. But along the way, you just saw a grumpy old man, a get off my lawn man, right? (laughs) Like, And what you didn't see with Vlad and with Tori is you didn't see that. Maybe it's because their contracts were five-year deals and Mm -hmm. not... 10 years tenure deals maybe Mm -hmm. that's it I don't know if that's the key but we were spoiled and then we got Albert and we thought that Albert was going to take on the attitude of the previous guys and then a few years in he did not and I think he may have been carrying the pressure of not getting this team to the playoffs and carrying the pressure of not allowing this team to win he didn't come and want to lose it's obvious he wanted to win because there was all sorts of talk about him going into the hall of fame as an angel and being on this 10-year deal after he retires hanging out in the clubhouse and hanging out in the organization all of that's not going to happen now it's all going to be different Hmm. and I think it all boils down to Albert not being the the player off the field that we expected him to be with the character and the excitement and the joy of being in Anaheim. So 
those are my thoughts on Albert Pujols. As well said, because you have stories of, you know, a locker room blow up with Tory Hunter. You remember the interviews where people would ask about Trout and Pujols said something to the extent of, well, I'm still here. Let's talk yeah. about me, you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't that obvious and and in those terms, but it was that was the subtext there. Yep. And even with you and I have covered this before. Uh, Kendrys Morales at first base, uh, CJ Crone at first base, like all of these potential guys who kind of missed out on opportunities because Albert was our guy. He was our 10-year deal guy to carry this franchise. And I really appreciate what you said about he he wasn't, you didn't expect him to be the guy on the field that he had been, but off the field, you expected him to be a better leader, a better harbinger of of community and connectedness and I think with a 10-year deal comes a little bit of not I think arrogance is too strong of a word but it's like hey I'm the 10-year deal guy right and and not going anywhere yeah I'm not going anywhere so get with it or get lost got too comfortable I mean yeah exactly so yeah those are our thoughts on Albert Pujols and uh, we would love to hear from you as well so make sure you tweet at us at Lockdown Angels or at Super Halo Bros or comment below the video if you're watching on the YouTube side. Thanks for making Lockdown Angels your first listen today. Make your second listen to Lockdown MLB podcast with Soli, Paul Francis Sullivan. He has all sorts of great stories and great perspective on Major League Baseball. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Lockdown MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Of course, you can catch us on Twitter at Lockdown Angels and on Instagram and Twitter at Super Halo Bros. Mike, what do we have on deck for tomorrow's show? How important is a winning culture for the Angels? Repeat after me. Mm. Very important. Very and important. do the trash pandas have that winning culture that the Halos need? We're going to share a story mm. about Zach Neto tomorrow. You don't want to miss that on Lockdown Angels. Looking forward to that conversation. We hope that you'll decide to join us again until tomorrow's show. My name is John, and that's my brother Mike. And my name is Mike, and that's my brother John. Thanks for tuning in to Lockdown Angels, and we will see you tomorrow. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.